0: show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues any resemblance to actual advice living or dead or actual wisdom is purely coincidental I'm your carefree cavalier Frank Eastman
1: uh, I'm your lovable office companion Derek Lewis who is also very confused well Derek I I don't have a job I <laughs> I mean, I mean, sure. Like, maybe you can't officially claim the professional title of monstrous manager anymore, but I think to our listeners, you are still a monster and and of the manager type. So it could still work. I don't know if you can hear. I'm recording outside on this
0: beautiful spring day in (laughs) Seattle, California, or Seattle, Washington.
1: I do hope the mics are picking that up because. I'm getting it, like, like <laughs> it sounds like you are outside of a some sort of, I don't know, some some Indy five hundred or something. Maybe not that extreme, but I've got it does I've got sound planes like you going are... by. We've
0: got crows. <laughs> this place has got a lot of crows. I don't know if it's this place or if it's just me. And these are an ominous omen of some sort that are. Desperately trying to communicate some doom to me, and I'm just like, "Huh? There's a shitload of crows out here. That's, that's weird."
1: Yeah, you should probably ask the the local populace and see what their uh, their crow position was before, whether they were uh, anti or pro crow. Um, that's a good wordplay for you there, um, made only funny by the the fact that I pointed it out. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you can you can ask them if. Uh, if they had a bunch of crows, and if they didn't then you'll you'll know that you brought them with you, and uh, that the end times are near
0: then i 'll know it it was my fault, so needless to say, since the last time we posted, I quit my job, I sold my house, and I drove to Seattle, Washington with a bunch of cats. <laughs>
1: with a purpose in mind. It, it wasn't just this was your weekend plan. You you decided to to do this on purpose.
0: I did. Uh, this this was a planned sort of transition. We uh we had made a decision that uh that we'd like to move to the Pacific Northwest and it just so happened to line up that we could do so and um yeah so it happened It happened a little more rapidly than I thought. I thought I was going to have another month and a half trying to sell my house. But that deal <laughs> closed very quickly. And so I literally kind of had to get my shit and get out as opposed to a leisurely sort of fix the house and put it on the market. And it was like, it would be real cool if you take
1: all your stuff and go. I was like, all right we can do this i uh, yeah the the way you told it like it, it it certainly sounded as if the uh the get your shit part of it was optional that uh that was not important uh, what was important was you physically vacating the premises yeah that i was physically needed to part. vacate the premise i in fact did leave some
0: amount of stuff uh because there was a bit of delay between when one set of movers came to to pack all of my worldly possessions into a truck and move them to the Pacific Northwest and when right. i moved to the Pacific Northwest so there was about a week and a half to 2 weeks there in which i was squatting in my own home <laughs> Oh, so I did leave yeah. behind a few things because that was what I needed to survive for a week and a half while I was waiting for the deal to close <laughs> on the house.
1: Yeah, the uh, the the people that came and cleaned up after you were gone just got like one five gallon bucket turned upside down. Uh, maybe one of those uh, t- uh, TV trays that you that you would use uh, to eat TV uh, dinners in front of the TV. You're scarily close to the truth, Derek. <laughs> I'm hoping, I mean, I don't mean to get blue, but I'm hoping they left a the toilet and and some amount of toilet paper. Like, oh, yeah. Those yeah. are essentials. It like, you was could one still go the to seats the, the store. left in the house. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, and then I, I assume that, like, all you had left was just, like, a pack of protein bars. And um, they had to last until you left, so you, you were just kind of rationing them out over the the week and a half that you had left, just counting them, praying it's that, like, that they oh, would no. last.
0: If this gets pushed another day, Frank goes without food.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I mean that that sounds really dangerous. So I, I'm glad that it worked out because it, I'm on I, keto, I Derek. There's not a lot worse. of
0: things I can eat but people is one of them
1: <laughs> that is that is very true although with your uh your newly developed pork allergy i uh, am concerned true. that long pig long pig might fall into that category
0: it might also be part of it i'll have to i'll have to check at some point
1: <laughs> you'll you'll never know if you don't try
0: never know until i try <laughs> so we we packed everything up Including a bunch of cats, put it into uh, an SUV. And then we decided to take the Northern Passage uh, into into Seattle. And so I've seen some things, Derek. There's some fun stuff. Have you ever been to South Dakota?
1: (laughs) You know, I don't know why you asked that question. Like... I, okay, so I I have been to Wyoming before when I was a child. I don't remember any of it. See, Wyoming's nearby. It is nearby, so I'll give you a pass. Uh, otherwise, if that if that had not been true, you would have been out of your mind to ask me if I've if I've ever been to South Dakota. I mean, so What is it? What's what's in South Dakota, Dakota? Mount Rushmore? Like, that's about it, right?
0: That's about that's about all that's in South Dakota. Okay. South Dakota is is an interesting place because there's nothing there. And <laughs> and that's anything it. Anything <laughs> that does exist has to be sort of an attraction. Okay. So the the first thing we decided to stop at is we saw signs for something called the Corn Palace <laughs> in Mitchell <laughs> south dakota the corn palace the corn palace the world's only corn palace so we drive up on it and for the last 100 years give or take longer than a 100 years they have been keeping a building in the town of mitchell south dakota covered in fucking corn (laughs) stalks and decorative corn cobs.
1: So and they make like giant mural art pieces. Okay, so we're talking corn, corn husks, uh, corn cobs, corn kernels, all of that used as as your know, decorative materials. Or are we actually talking about like building materials, like foundation made out of corn and the like? I think. Originally, it was made, it was the building materials, but
0: since then, they have purpose-built a structure that, that is then sheathed in corn. This purpose-built structure, to, to suggest exactly how much they've got going on in Mitchell, South Dakota, it is connected to City Hall. <laughs> and across the street from the Corn Palace is the Corn Palace gift shop which is also connected to, the city of Mitchell Chamber of Commerce. Wow. <laughs> so you. So these these things are
1: pretty much one and the same. Right. <laughs> so, so if you're looking for the uh, the head of the Chamber of Commerce, chances are he's probably in the snack room of the Corn Palace. Yeah, he's probably
0: he's probably working the cash register <laughs> at the gift shop. Ah, uh, we've got a. We've got a flying plane coming through. (laughs) And and so the Corn Palace itself now, not only is it, you know, like City Hall is located at the Corn Palace. You can go into the Corn Palace, you know, pretty much whenever. But it's also like the town um, basketball stadium and audience sort of participation thing where they've got a big stage. And so.
1: Now, are you saying the Corn Palace is... Is this sports complex cultural center, or is it yep. just connected? The Corn Palace has become their sports complex and cultural center. Wow. So, so okay, yeah, okay. So the, All right, we're gonna have to dig further into this. The <laughs> how much of the Corn Palace has uh, made its way into the sports complex? Now, are we talking backboards made out of corn husks, or is it mostly oh, just decoration? Oh,
0: yeah. It's mostly decoration. I mean, like, the sports equipment itself seems to be made of standard sports equipment. <laughs> but even inside the sports arena, they have giant murals made of corn.
1: Wow. You know, that would be really distracting for for some teams, um, maybe if you're, if you're playing like the you know the San Diego Pigeons, or something, um, you know they get and their mascot keeps flying over. Yeah, that that'd be that you he just keeps eating the corn, doesn't get the team all riled up. That would be kind of a problem. Um, if you have a corn allergy, that also would cause a much different type of problem, but a a serious problem nonetheless.
0: Yeah, I don't imagine you'd want to enter the city of Mitchell, South Dakota, if you have an allergy to corn, because <laughs> they've got one thing, and they are doing the hell out
1: of it. I mean, I, I you, you do have to admire uh, how much commitment they have to it, because uh, I, I think that after... I don't know, like one or two benches decoratively festooned with with corn husks. I think my my interest would have run out, to be honest.
0: I honestly want to say it's indicative of what they've got to do in South Dakota having seen the entirety of <laughs> South Dakota, which is beautiful, I'm sure, but but so flat <laughs> that you can see the curvature of the earth and just filled with mile upon mile of not a goddamn thing (laughs) so so mitchell's got the corn palace and and they're advertising it right so as you come into south dakota you start seeing these signs saying visit wall drug
1: what is wall drug
0: and and you you just you're driving along and they become more and more plentiful They're very kitschy. They're interesting. They're like five cent coffee at wall drug, free ice water at wall drug. Okay. So we finally get once we're, I think, 200 and some odd miles out from wall drug. (laughs) God damn. A distance marker telling us. When we're going to get to wall
1: drug, this, Jesus Christ. Is, this is South Dakota. <laughs> See, I thought you were I thought like what you were describing a minute ago was like, uh, you know, we were 10 miles from it. And all of a sudden we started seeing these signs. You're talking no, multiple no, no, no. hundred miles from this drugstore. Three hundred and ten miles
0: in every direction. Jesus Christ. They have signs posted for wall drug. Wow. I have never experienced something that is more ceaselessly self-promoting than Wall Drug.
1: Now, that's, a, that's a fucking lie, it. Frank Eastman. You know that. There's a certain personality in Birmingham <laughs> that you know is is more prolific than that. And you know who I'm talking Possibly. about. Possibly. D- dare we say his name?
0: Well, I think Wall Drug honestly has Alexander Shannara beat. <laughs> I mean...
1: I hmm I'm trying to think of a good comparison it, because here's the thing because there's there's a lot to do in Birmingham Does, so like he is competing with a lot more so it depends on how we're measuring it if we're peering it if if we're measuring it in purely like number of appearances I think you know Senior Sh- Shannara is going to win um if we're if we're measuring on density of like stuff around two number of billboards then yes i i think that the uh the wall drug will still will win
0: wall drug is so famous for its ceaseless self-promotion that there is a sign advertising wall drug in amsterdam and
1: several at the north pole (laughs) okay that's that's impressive um so how 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 old is wall drug wall drug has existed since the
0: 1930s and uh essentially this guy bought a drug store just outside the badlands of south dakota and realized that there there was no one there it was kind of a mistake on his part sure he's like yes i i am a small business owner now (laughs) Ah, shit, my nearest neighbor's 25 miles away. Right. <laughs> I, there's just not a lot going on here in South Dakota. And so they came up with a brilliant idea. It was the heart of the the Great Depression. So they started advertising that they had free ice water here in, you know, the desert. Right.
1: So good attraction.
0: And kept, kept posting more and more signs in every direction, drawing people in. Uh-huh. And it is now this horrifying amalgam of like the worst and the best of tourist trap USA. <laughs> it has it has metastasized to consume <laughs> most of the city of Wall. I mean,
1: I, I guess with one of those things it. You kind of have to lean into it because nothing else in the city of Wall is going to be able to compete or outdo uh, the the owner of Wall Drug. So the best thing you can do, if you can't beat them, you might as well reap some of the benefits by joining them. So uh, just open up some other stuff, uh, open up a, a coffee shop, and uh, you know, I don't know, on the on the website say. We're only one mile from wall drug. Like, just go ahead and completely link it to every business is now linked to wall drug.
0: It it has it has that tourist trap feeling like Gatlinburg and Orlando, where everything is about the tourist industry because the only thing here is the tourist industry. Right. <laughs> Except
1: also most of it is one building. <laughs> Well, I mean, they have to have a lot of foot traffic through there. Um, d- did you go to Wall Drug? Of course I went to Wall Drug, Derek, because
0: I'd been getting, <laughs> you know, signs for Wall Drug for 300 miles. <laughs> and literally, it's the only fucking thing to do for 150 miles in any direction. Okay. You're just like, well, here we are. And, and when I read the sign... Follow-up like, question
1: to that. How far out of your way did you, go, did you travel to get to Waldrug?
0: We we did not have to travel. We were traveling on the highway that it oh, is off okay. of Okay. All right. I'm I'm pretty sure it's just the highway, the <laughs> one that goes through South Dakota. There's only the one
1: <laughs> Yeah. Here in here in around Birmingham we have like multiple numbers that we have to remember to, to label our highways. But in South Dakota, no, they just it's just the one.
0: In in, in there, like, you know, the story of Wall drug they were talking about how they wanted to capitalize on the fact that they were building Mount Rushmore okay nearby and so i thought okay mount rushmore is is just over the hill then right cuz no mount rushmore is a long long ass way away from wall drug <laughs> so what what possible claim to fame south dakota has like space has no meaning <laughs> Time <laughs> begins to dilate.
1: I mean, you know that that makes. I sense. have
0: always existed on the highway through South Dakota, uh, and I will exist eternally on, the, like, as I am talking to you now. I am still on the highway <laughs> in
1: South Dakota, and forever, forever shall you be. So why don't you uh, you pull over on the highway and uh, read us a question from the audience?
0: Oh, great wizards of the workplace! So a few times a year, I get sent out into the field for a week or two for my job. On this latest trip, I get an email from a higher-up. He was asking if I was staying at the same hotel as he and his higher-up were, and if so, would I like to join them for dinner? Now, in reality... I would rather have had a double root canal with zero (laughs) painkillers, but I really thought it best for my career if I agreed to go. So after burning through all the excuses I could think of to get out of it, I agreed to go. My question for you guys is, is there a polite way to decline an invitation like that? Or was it best just to go along, pretend I cared, and hope it pays off in the end? I'll hang up now and take my answer off air super listener chad
1: um as far as getting out of anything with your boss that they have invited you to uh unless you have cultivated a long-standing excuse that is ready uh whenever you need it i don't think you have any choice that that is my opinion so this is where it's helpful
0: that throughout the entirety of the time that you've been employed you have discussed loudly and frequently your IBS (laughs) wow I've got a plane literally flying overhead
1: they're coming to get you Frank I can the mothership is coming to bring you home
0: but if, if every fifteen minutes you've talked about how you've got to go absolutely wreck one of the restrooms, then when it comes time, you can just say, "I'm sorry, I'm having a flare-up."
1: I mean, I agree with that a hundred percent, and and that that is part of my my plan too. You need to cultivate this uh, over the long period of time, um, and, and I I don't think, I mean. I, I hate to go on a limb. I think this is not the first time that we have said IBS is the perfect way to get out of something. Like, this may be the third or fourth time that we have cited irritable bowel syndrome as Which the is, perfect get-out-of-something-free card. That
0: is not to make light of, of IBS. It is a serious and crippling disorder. <laughs> but it's also one that nobody wants to talk about. Right.
1: And we'll get you out of things. And, you know, honestly... I think it doesn't necessarily just have to be be ibs but i do think ibs is the closest one to the middle of the line of what is uncomfortable to to talk about but it is it is important to talk about like if if that is a scenario that 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 may come up often you need to talk about it um erectile dysfunction is not uh, something that is important to talk about with your coworkers because there is no Run. reason that they should have to be you know to find out firsthand about the erectile dysfunction.
0: And it's not going to prevent you from attending any work functions <laughs> unless you work at a real, real, real weird
1: place. I was about to say the uh, the work holiday orgy might be uh, you know might be a little bit bad scene for you with that problem, but. I have not been, I've only been invited to those once, and only once, which, very sad. I
0: mean, it'd be a good way to get out of that, but I think, so IBS is one of those things that just kind of, you know, regardless of of what the event is, you can kind of put off that you don't need to attend because you're having a
1: flare-up. I, I agree with that, um, and the thing is, like, if if you have to get specific about, like, oh, well, alcohol, you know, causes me to, to flare up, or, you know, gluten or something caused me to flare up, uh, you know, you can get specific, but you have to be careful when you do, because if, if you're blaming alcohol on a flare-up as a reason to not go, you know, hang out with your boss... You can't then be seen, be seen, you know, doing such a thing, uh, you know, with other co-workers away from the boss.
0: Right. Then you can't get any of those social media shots of you doing shots. Right. Showing up. Also, then you get into that real uncomfortable possibility where they will design an event around <laughs> your needs. Like... John, we know that you've got the Celiac, so we've made sure that the entire building has been scrubbed of gluten and all of the offerings are gluten-free. We have paid and now, quadruple
1: the price for this buffet, specifically so that you could come to.
0: And now you are left with, like, this dark lie that you have to continue <laughs> forward for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah so so make sure make sure whatever it is it's something that you you can uh that you can commit to and you're comfortable committing to like i said like you know don't don't say it's celiac or something uh where where bread would be a problem or gluten um because then you're committing yourself to some issues um but you know you can you can pick one of the you know more minor maladies uh and 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 cultivate it and spring it whenever you need it um but I think the important part is that you you have to you have to cultivate it, like I said. Um, is there anything that you could that you could say uh, that doesn't involve like a family member's death that you could use to get out of something like this uh, that you hadn't previously cultivated?
0: Something on the spur of the moment
1: I mean, I for one I mean have used uh, food poisoning multiple times. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't lying I literally have I was
0: gonna say Derek damn you you tricked me I hung Gatorade outside of a hotel room door for you
1: yeah like like 11 pm like that that was very touching and, and very nice and extremely necessary because I was very deprived of, of vital fluids um, but no like, Every time that I've I've claimed food poisoning, it has been one hundred percent legit, um, and it's been five or six times. <laughs> like that's that's the bad part about it. It's not like, oh, I, I've I've had to claim food poisoning twice. No, I've had food poisoning like five or six times. Um, damn my love of of oysters. I was going to say, your your love of sketchy clams? Yeah, my my love of gas station ceviche is just... (laughs) It will be the thing that kills me. Has not served you well. No. But, I mean, they say find what you love and let it kill you. In this case, it's a little more literal. So,
0: I'm trying to think of things on the spur of the moment because my other thought involves some pre-planning, and this is why you carry an uninflated, inflatable cast... (laughs) in your baggage everywhere you go. Okay. So that at the spur of the moment, you can have broken your leg the night before.
1: That's, I mean, that that's pretty good. Um, my concern is that that will get you, if they invite you to the trampoline park, I think that gets you out of it. If they invite you to dinner, th- you may have to go more like full body cast. Um, uh, upper yeah. torso yeah, cast.
0: I'm, I'm thinking already.
1: Yeah, because this the thing is when is, they like,
0: show up and they've got like a wheelchair or something. Right, for you and, right. That's and now
1: you're in too deep. Exactly. So so now you're stuck with it, and you have to to do this this work function. Um, I will say uh, the the upper body cast can it can go one of two ways. Either you say, "Ooh, upper body cast. I I can't go. I don't worry. You know, I've I've got things taken care of. My nurse will be by later," um, or uh, they say, don't worry, we'll handle it. And then your your boss spoon feeds you, literally, uh, throughout the meal, which that's a power move. Like, <laughs> that's not too bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be uncomfortable, but after
1: that, <laughs> it's just going to s- still be uncomfortable, <laughs> I think. Plus, I was going to say, you, you have him eating out of your hand. Um, but it's quite literally the other way around you you literally were yeah. eating out of his hand. so uh, now I'm having like nightmares <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we already talked about how how you gotta trust people with like you know Ethiopian food and stuff like that, those like sharing cultures um and and you weren't too keen on on sharing with me and that that really hurt my feelings but i'll know that that you're 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 growing warm to it uh if you pull out the full body cast on me one day
0: well i i am here in seattle and uh it is well known how friendly and welcoming (laughs) everyone in seattle is
1: oh all right want to get to an issue from the internet
0: let's do an issue from the internet
1: All right, the title of this issue is Coworker is Trying to Get Me to Sign His Petition to Run for Office, How to Decline Politely, by Pelican. My coworker knows that I live in, quote unquote, his district, and he's been coming up to my desk for the past few days asking me to sign his petition to run for local office. Personally, we don't share the same political views, and I'll most likely vote for his opposing party. I don't want to bring political views into work, though, especially since he's yelled at people and gossips with everyone. So far, I've been getting away with saying I can't currently sign it. I'll get up and pretend to have a meeting or a phone call. Uh, I'd like his harassment to stop, so how should I go about saying that I won't ever sign it? This is cold. How is this cold? How is the desire to not want to sign somebody else's petition cold. This is going to be confrontation, Derek. I I, I know, and, and I promise this isn't a shill. Like, this is actually a question that somebody asked somewhere. This isn't just me crying for help uh, on how to avoid conflict with another person. See, what would you do, Derek?
0: I think I know the answer, but...
1: <laughs> Um, I, I'm trying to think of a good, uh, like, like a good mental image of a person that that I've worked with that has had a differing uh, point of view than me, and so so here's here's my complexity on all this, is that you know my frame of reference for like a coworker coming up and asking to me to sign their petition, um, they're all software developers who by and large like regardless of political views, like are not fit to run for office. Like they could like, just think about it. If a software developer became like a, I don't know, a, a local, you know, um, chairman of the, the local board of education or something. I don't know. I It, it sounds, it seems weird already that a, a non-teacher would be at the board of education, but whatever. Um, some local political office, being a software developer, like you could at most get them to come to one meeting like a month, and that seems not enough. So uh, that's the problem with my frame of reference. Now, um, I think just the situation, like I've had people come to my door before, and and ask for like petitions. Um, I I might hide under the desk, like I might, like sense it coming. And then remove myself from the premises. Like, and if I'm too late, if they see me, like, if they see me start slinking away um, and call my name, I'm committed. I'm just going to keep going. Like, I'll just continue to crawl into the trash can and <laughs> slowly cover myself with refuse until they decide to go away. Um, It's not a pride thing. It's just, I'm sorry. I I can't. It's, It's not you. It's me. I'm just, I'll be here with the leftover, with the, you know, tossed out pizza rolls. <laughs> Where I belong. <laughs> what about you? What, what would you do?
0: I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think, cause what I'm thinking, what I'm thinking of is what would I do if I was cornered by the same person that you and I were cornered in a car with in 2016 <laughs> that was... and they wanted me to sign their petition to run for office. Oh, oh. And, and there's, there's no way, like, (laughs) ordinarily, I, I think even if I didn't necessarily agree with this person and would 100% vote against them, it would be difficult for me to, to look them in the eye and say, I am not going to sign your petition. Right. Which, which is a very simple thing to say, but a very difficult thing to say. I, I will admit this freely, like... We've all got a little bit of that social anxiety, and we've all we all want to to you know move through the world having pleasant interactions with each other.
1: Right. Well, plus, I mean, but at the t- w- same time, w- with this particular instance, not only are you are you is it a, a statement about them and like your feelings towards them, but you are literally saying you don't I don't I don't like you enough or trust you enough to send you through the democratic process, like. <laughs> I don't trust other people to shut you down hard enough for for me to be able to sign this peti- this petition.
0: Yeah, like if if my if it's possible that my signature is the deciding signature. <laughs> that's one of those keystone moments, you know, that can set an entire timeline off in a good or bad direction and I just don't think I could take that chance and I think I'd have to say that. <laughs> Because I would have to say, this is this is the choice that will consign the world to fire (laughs) and doom and
1: to save everyone. I am not going to sign your fucking petition. Right. (laughs) And see the, the thing is like this is also dangerous for you because if you sign this petition. Uh when the Terminators come back to to try to right the wrongs, uh they're gonna become looking for you. Because like oh, yeah. you were the deciding vote. Like you are now putting yourself in a very difficult position. Uh and and one in which uh Terminators may be hunting you down. And look, there's a lot of good TV on
0: I don't have a plain name like John Connor. They're gonna they're gonna find me real
1: fast. Yeah, there, there probably are not too many Frank Eastmans. All things considered, um, but but nobody has time to run from Terminator. So there's there's a lot of good TV coming out on streaming services nowadays. Um, I mean, I, I guess you could load it onto your onto your iPad while you're running uh, from the Terminators and watch it that way. But it's not a perfect plan. So, either way, I, I think you have to decline. Um, I think what I would what I would say to this this person is is kind of be the person that I would want be be have the strength of character <laughs> to stand up for what you believe, uh, do the things that I cannot do, and say no, I don't want to sign your petition because I think you are an idiot. Like. Screw your political views. Like, in the same vein of all of that, like, if, if I knew somebody was an idiot, I wouldn't want them representing my political views. Like, I don't care whose political views they have. Like, if they're an idiot, I don't want them to be in politics. We got enough of that already. Like, let's <laughs> let's simmer down and put forth people that actually deserve to be there. I think... I think what you what, – the only
0: way to get around this is you're going to have to put a signature down, but then you sign somebody else's name.
1: <laughs> like John Wilkes Booth. I mean, so that'll throw off the Terminators, but, like, I don't think it's necessarily going to stop them from getting into government. That's, that's the problem. Because – they're, they're not going to go through and check the signatures and, like, call you like you gave a reference. Like, they're not calling everybody and saying, hey, did you sign this petition for Joe Schmo? Um, you know he's an idiot, right? Okay, that's fine. Sure. Yeah, okay, check. Um, but it would save you from the Terminators, I mean, it, which might be enough.
0: I guess I have too much faith that they might actually check the signatures to make sure that they're real signatures. <laughs> And so your where you signed Bilbo Baggins isn't going to uh, get them disqualified.
1: <laughs> no. No, I don't think it will. Um, unless it's, like, written in plain English and, like, obviously fake. Like, you know, Dick Butkus. Oh, no. That's a real name. You know what? There's nothing people wouldn't believe. <laughs> that takes takes all kind of names in this crazy world
0: i'm thinking that old uh, that old commercial we got a baby it's a boy
1: <laughs> oh, oh that is taking me down memory lane do you know how often i think about that like multiple <laughs> times a year for those of you who don't understand, uh, there, there back before we had cell phones that had long distance all the time, there was this, uh, uh, this, this service that you could call that would give you cheaper long distance rates by you know calling this number and then you could then call your party. Um, it was like ten ten three two one and like it just just a, a bunch of different services like that. And one of them was making fun of uh, calling collect because with with calling collect. Um, Somebody, you you would have to say your name, and so this person said, "You know, my name is had a baby. It's a boy." To announce the birth of a grandchild, um, and so the person <laughs> picks the phone, hears that it's had a baby. It's a boy, and declines the the long distance or the the collect phone call, and announces that they had a baby. Um, I explain it terribly. That's this is this is not good radio, but but it's important thank, for them to thank get you context. for the
0: play by play.
1: When of I a, started, uh, of a commercial from the 1980s. <laughs> I think it was from the 90s. I I believe it was the 90s because I remember, I remember being old enough that I could have used it, but, but young enough to not, not have cared. All right, <laughs> with that horrible, boring replay, uh, why don't you give us another question from the audience?
0: All right, let's go to. I have a serious problem here. I listen to your podcast, which I love, (laughs) by the way, and other comedy podcasts quite regularly. They are fantastic for passing the time on the subway on my way to work. My issue, though, is that while listening, I'll bust out laughing at a joke seemingly at random times. I then get numerous questioning looks from others on the subway who must think I'm either insane or unstable. I must admit, this is quite embarrassing. What should I do? Robert. So my initial, my, my initial thought to this, Robert, is what you do is that you take off your headphones and you say, I'm listening to Work Life and Balance, possibly the funniest podcast I've ever fucking heard. And here is here's the URL to their website.
1: I second that wholeheartedly. Um, it may not, it may not help them think that you aren't a crazy person. Um, it may confirm it, but either way, uh, either they're going to leave you alone or they're going to take your word for it and listen to our show. And, and either way, it's a win. Next
0: time you see them, because you probably got the same commute and they're got headphones on and they're laughing and you've got headphones on and you're laughing. You're probably listening to two completely different things because that's how podcasts work. Right. <laughs> but you might show,
1: share a knowing glance, right? <laughs> um, uh, and, and I will also say uh, of the of the sounds that you can make on the subway, my guess is that a laugh is probably uh, one of the better ones that could come out of a person. Um, there's a lot more embarrassing noises that you could make. I don't want to get blue. Um, but a sneeze, I, uh, a cough, those are all super embarrassing.
0: But now that I live in a major metropolitan area that has a robust public transit system, Derek, uh-huh. I can honestly say that most people who ride public transit on a regular basis have a fairly high tolerance for other people doing weird shit in the very
1: close proximity and pretending not to notice. Because there's not enough time to, like, address it all. Like, you're going to work. You're going to to dinner. Like, you got places to be. You can't sit there and help somebody, some crazy person, sort out their shit. Like, you just got to turn a blind eye, and hopefully they don't, like, you know, handcuff you to a pole. Like, that's your best best scenario I think
0: yeah I mean I think if you just lean into it and make sure that everybody on the bus thinks you are some sort of lunatic then no one's gonna ask you to give up your seat <laughs> when when the subway gets crowded <laughs> and now this is playing in the plus column where before it had been in the negative
1: right Although I, I do I, – I will say, as we continue to talk about you know, other parts of this, I am becoming more and more enthused with this whole, like, in-the-mouth-of-madness, uh, Sutter Kane type of uh, <laughs> grassroots level of uh, word-of-mouth advertising for our podcast. Um, I mean, I, I assume that most of our, our listeners are, like, possibly – I don't know disheveled or something whenever they they listen to our show and and talk about it with others um so maybe we lean into it maybe we we do go full like i, I don't know how you go more sutter cane uh but but how can how could we possibly uh liven that up to where it, it to where whenever somebody rants about us uh like like robert's going to do um we make it interesting I mean, we're
0: going to have to stay, we're going to have to build a brand, and that brand is going to be centered around people randomly shouting about us and possibly also the end of the earth and a couple of other things sort of all simultaneously so that we, we get, you know, some of that, that good side energy from from the lunatic fringe.
1: I, I like this that not only are we are we going to commit to like having our people shout about our podcast, but we want to make sure they've got another crazy thing in the chamber, just in case. Something oh, yeah, like yeah. end times or cult based or something, which does play into our shtick, I, I admit. Um Aliens are among us. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good one. Um I think, you know, I, think I, it's I can hear build the government in my teeth. You know, that's always a classic.
0: Yeah. Because I'm gonna say the the aliens guy from the History Channel has apparently you know he's he's made it good, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and I you know we could get known
1: for that. Hmm. So I'm I'm curious. I I will say uh you know, they you you hear of you know, crazy people you know, on the subway and and all kind of stuff talking about uh you know the end of times and all all that kind of stuff um but you don't really ever like hear any brand recognition from those things um i i'm curious if like i don't know I, I'm, is, is that some sort of like open source at this point to where nobody can brand th- that level of crazy or has just nobody sees the opportunity yet
0: I don't. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's open source for most of it at this point, point. and that I think that's why it's going to be important to make sure that our dark prophets, you know, stay on message. And we're probably going to need a robust training program.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, a train to, to training make sure program. that our
0: our prophecy associates are bringing the appropriate experience. <laughs> to our consumers the
1: hapless people on the subway right and now i'm I'm not saying it's important i think you're well we're well on our way to uh the the first pass at at our brand growth um but uh you know i i like it i think it's i think it's a good idea there could not be anything go wrong with that
0: I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we can do for poor Robert other than than having him lean into the <laughs> yeah. the unhinged our advice sort to of him aspect. was
1: rather self-serving, I think.
0: I still have some of that residual wall drug energy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's hard to shake that off, I get it.
0: Maybe he could just point at his headphones and then say the name of a much more popular and an easily consumed comic. <laughs>
1: I think that would be far more effective. But it has to be somebody that is ubiquitous uh, ubiquitous enough that everybody knows uh, but not so interesting as to garner further conversation.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that it's a problem like is it who are we going to say that that doesn't already or isn't going to soon have some sort of sex scandal?
1: apparently we have to pick very carefully um because they're dropping like flies um I'm thinking maybe like Larry the cable guy um you know he seems relatively wholesome enough um he's a lot smarter than he gives than he acts uh which is good because I would hate for somebody like that to have a driver's license but see everybody knows Larry the cable guy um but nobody really is like – like, they may, like, say a couple lines from Larry the Cable Guy, but they're not necessarily going to, like, have you heard his latest album? What did you think about track five? Like, how did you think about his take on the geopolitical climate of the times? Like, they're, it's not going to garner a lot of other conversation. Um, at worst, they could think, oh, boy, this guy has bad taste. But that's not important. You're not trying to impress them. You're, you're trying to – To explain away your guffaw, right,
0: right, at my good, good joke.
1: (laughs) I mean, at most, I would guess this happens once, twice a year. uh, That one of these guffaws hits you titter now and then. So when this happens again in December, um, hopefully now you will have a couple strategies with which, with which to stave off.
0: Want to hear an issue from the internet?
1: Let us do that. All right, this issue is titled Was it really inappropriate to write a pull request for the company I interviewed with? By uh, no username given. So we're going to call them. Um, Alan. I was thinking Dark Web Lord 69, because that, that is the direction this question is going.
0: All right, much, much more reasonable, I think. That is a much more realistic name.
1: So Dark Lord 69 says, This happened to me last year while I was interviewing with the company for a position I didn't get. I'm currently employed elsewhere, but I'd like to know for future applications. I had an excellent phone screening, according to them. They said I was a strong candidate, and the first technical interview with one engineer went very well. Between that second interview and the final interview, I found their software had an open source API on GitHub written in Python. I looked at, I looked at it for a while and found a much simpler and future-proof rate way to write one of their functions, and I opened a pull request with a change without mentioning that I was currently interviewing. When we started my third interview with two engineers, one of them mentioned that he saw my pull request and it was inappropriate, me, inappropriate for me to open it. He said that it came across like I know more than them as a fresh college grad and that I haven't considered why they coded it how it was. I didn't end up getting the job. Was it really inappropriate for me to do this? For those of you that don't know what a pull request is, basically, uh, you know, for open source projects, you can pull down the code, make a change to it, and then, you know, flag it as you know hey person who owns the code you know consider pulling this into your code um and so this person as a as an interviewee decided to go in and one up uh the developers there and you know change a couple things and say hey you know i'm a badass here's my code um and it didn't go very well are we surprised frank this
0: is a little like if I was if I was interviewing for a position as an air conditioner repair tech, uh-huh, and in the middle of interviewing, I came back in the middle of the night <laughs> and tried to badly tune up their AC. <laughs> and then left a calling card, right, with, with my name on it, saying f- I was here. You can thank me later.
1: <laughs> they come in the next morning, and they're just like, it's like it's like ninety-seven degrees in there because they didn't do a good job, and so now they're all sweating. Yeah. as you come in for the third interview, because they broke it. Yeah,
0: yeah, th- that's that's pretty much what this what this uh, dear sweet child did. <laughs> I mean, my I, my, I think I think that he should continue doing this, though. I think that he will eventually find the right place for him in which Derek, I don't have a job yet. And I really, I just need to clear as many people out of the pool as I can. So it's not in my personal best interest to make sure that this kid stops making these mistakes.
1: Yeah. I, I thought that maybe you were going to elaborate and, you know, have some sort of like personal growth message for this person, um, but no. Once again, it was just in your self interest to to thin down the pool of potential uh, competitions for any job you may find.
0: And I, sorry, I Derek, I've, I've seen Wall Drug. I've been changed by Wall Drug. <laughs> nothing,
1: nothing can be the same after Wall Drug.
0: Nothing can be the same after Wall Drug. You know, these crows started showing up. <laughs>
1: They've heard about right our
0: after. show. This is this is completely wild to me that that's somewhat like it's it is not I mean maybe it's sad. I will I will go forward and say maybe it's sad that to me that this, this is a completely unsurprising sort of statement. Like is this a a terrible and stunningly bad idea? Yes. Is is this an idea that someone who had like a modicum of self-awareness would never in a million years do also yes
1: yeah is this
0: something that a junior software developer would do 100 percent.
1: right absolutely i and i mean you're exactly right there there is this this uh, and maybe it's not all engineers uh that, that do this maybe there are other other people are as uh foolhardy as this too but um you know, it's the dunning-kruger effect like the less you know the more you think you know so you know you pull down this open source API that was made by you know developers that have been around for a while maybe they don't have the most cutting edge technologies but you know there's some there's some context to why they made it the way they did uh sometimes it's bad sometimes it's it's acceptable um and for you to 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 assume that that you know enough to just completely overhaul it um, shows how little you actually know. Like, unless, unless you are, unless you somehow like your, your one code check-in that you do fixes a bug that they have been like trying to fix for 20 years. And all of a sudden, like they call you and you're the new CEO. Like it, is that possible? Like, is this what this guy is fishing I was for? Say, do you think there's a path there, Derek? <laughs> there, might be, there might be a career path there. Um, it, it's not going to be quick. It's not going to be like the first one you do it to, obviously. Uh, it's not going to work. Um, but if you keep fishing enough, the job you want is waiting out there. And And when you get that company that has been – they've hired dozens of engineers for five or six years trying to fix this one bug – and then you you check in the the fix for it. Uh, they're going to be beating down your door to, to try to hire you as their new CEO or COO or CTO. LMFAO. Is, is this like, maybe? I
0: you know I've I've seen and I've heard of the infamous cowboy coder uh-huh. who's going to lone wolf everything and and has to ride off into the sunset and does everything his own way. Is this the birth of? the superhero coder (laughs) who you, you didn't hire he doesn't even go here but he has just figuratively burst through the wall to save your bacon and then
1: he just flies away it's a vigilante superhero software developer Uh, Because just like the the fabled Batman, they may come in and fix a problem, uh, but they have also created a difficult situation and a lot of work for the actual professionals. Because when when Batman comes in and and punches a a villain into submission, there's a lot of paperwork they got to do. Like there's a lot of other cleanup they got to do every time Batman punches somebody. So same thing here. Like there's some engineer that's going to be stuck doing a code review for a couple days, and then they got to do change requests. I mean, you know, you're creating work for the actual professionals. Um, Is your that doesn't matter though, Derek? That's
0: all. That's not that's not the sexy work. (laughs) What you want to do is you want to just you want to just show up, do the sexy work, fix the problem. And probably fix the problem in quotes (laughs) and create 15 more. Right. But fix the problem and then just breeze back out.
1: I mean, it definitely has. I'm liking this. I think
0: this is how. It has appeal. This is how I'm going to become a software developer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Explain this path to your new world. I'm just, I'm just gonna walk in to random companies. I'm gonna sit down at someone's desk where they've already got their developer tools open. I'm just going to type some bullshit and then I'm going to stand up and I'm gonna walk out and I'm gonna send them an
1: invoice. (laughs) I'm pretty sure this is the strategy of most of the contractors that the companies I've worked for have used. (laughs) Very similar in both cost and and outcome, to be honest. Um, it's almost like I've been in this business for a while, huh? Right, and and so I will say a like that is too close to, to reality, um, and it's not funny. So we can't we can't go down that rabbit hole. Um, and I had to be, I swear I had to be. Honestly, I I I had a second point but just the the just the the kind of like PTSD style res- flashbacks I was getting of uh <laughs> of terrible contractors uh being hired to fix a problem and then leaving and and creating a hundred more without fixing the first problem um <laughs> so what I'm what I'm hearing is that this kid has a lucrative career in front of him as as a contractor my my only concern is that is that he did it on an open source project which yes like that's the only way that he could get to the source code on this particular one but uh i i like so does he use that as like the first step towards you know getting a contract with them or or should he just say screw open source i'm going to walk in tell them i can fix their problem and then collect the pile of money and scram I think this is a universal
0: solution it just takes a little more pre-work if it's not an open source project if it's not open source and you've got to get a hold of the source code I mean that means you're going to have to run a heist
1: I was about to say I, we're, we're, we're getting dangerously close to heist territory <laughs> which, which I'm always you're down you're going to have to heist your way in And
0: then then you're going to have to do all of your changes, make sure that you commit them everywhere, (laughs) and then leave a calling card, and then show up the next day to the interview.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of the same thing, but it shows that you have a lot more more soft skills, because you're going to have to social engineer your way uh, into finding some sort of patsy to to give you access which which can i say um i've always wanted to to be a, a patsy in in one of these heist schemes because i feel like i have the qualifications to be <laughs> to be a patsy um i mean <laughs> i'm some you have a trusting face yeah i'm i'm trusting i i'm somewhat competent um i'm given more access than than honestly i i should be allowed to have um So I'm the perfect candidate. I just, I mean, why can't somebody just wrangle me into a a high scenario? Well, Derek, I need one last score before I'm set.
0: (laughs) And this is my reality forever, just sitting on the back porch, sipping an iced tea in 70-degree weather.
1: Is it really 70 degrees? It is. Fuck off. It is it is 88 degrees and it is dark. Fuck off. It is 70 degrees and the sun is
0: shining here, Derek. I think this is a perfect transition.
1: I'm so sad. I hate this I'm in hell. <laughs> oh god. I think yeah, you I- should punch the clock. Yes. Oh, and I will book my tickets. I, like I was gonna say at the very beginning, like I didn't realize that that you know packing up and moving across country was something you could actually just do. Like I, I here I am. Like I, I once backed out of a move fifty miles away because I was scared. Like I, I, I want to go where it's cold, Frank. Like I need to. Like <laughs> I am not. This warmer climb is not is not good for Derek. Like, help me. Help me, Frank.
0: Oh, it's, it's been warm a single day here, and, and every other day has been cool and beautiful.
1: <sighs> well, maybe they'll, d- they'll develop some sort of technology where we can, like, teleconference, and uh, you could, I don't know, digitally transmit some of that that cool air to me. That'd be good. I mean that's the kind of shit we need and and what we actually have is those fucking Snapchat filters that, that turn men into women and women into men. God damn it, we missed an opportunity here. <laughs> we went in the wrong direction. I know what our next IPO is gonna be. <laughs> I'll gladly do it if we can figure it out. Anyway. Alright, before we go, please send us your questions. We need your questions. like like please (laughs) i have nothing left like frank in the wilderness searching for a drugstore in which (laughs) to buy some cheetos and and seeing a sign for for one 300 miles away uh we long we long for your questions um they they don't have to be perfect They just have to be something that we can make some funny out of. So work or life situations, please send us some questions to make some funnies out of. Uh, Send them to questions at WLICast.com. If you want to help support the show, you can go to Patreon.com forward slash WLICast and become a patron. Uh, You'll get some cool swag to show off your WLI pride or shame. Either one. Uh, Check out our website, WLICast.com, where you You'll find links to our social media and our merchandise store. Um, also, uh, we don't normally talk about milestones that much because I don't. We don't want to toot our own horn, um, but we have officially passed ten thousand downloads, um, which is is a huge milestone in right my on. mind. Um, it's 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 amazing to know that like just a couple of us yahoos sitting around talking about our terrible work situations that we have had um has has garnered enough um enjoyment from others that that you keep coming back so um a a heartfelt thank you from from me and frank um it it's it's amazing we're we're so happy that you guys listen and uh we hope to not run you off during the next 10,000 downloads we'll see if what we can do um and please do us a solid and tell your friends about the show. You'll be instantly more popular with your coworkers, or your money back. Or at the very least, we will appreciate that you tried.
0: Remember, after you laugh on the subway, that's the time to tell everybody about it. It absolutely is. This has been the work life Imbalance balance podcast. I'm Frank Eastman.
1: I am stewing in my own sweat Derek Lewis
0: and with that I think we're going to have to transfer you
1: <laughs> I worry I worry that it may not uh, be obvious that I was talking about the climate this is an extension of the climate conversation I am I am a moist boy anyway like, so, at <laughs> like, the best of times at <laughs> the best of times I am a moist boy Um,
0: you've got a higher than usual level of moisture
1: (laughs) I glisten all the time
0: you are the human embodiment of a Duncan Hines cake